Hello, Duke fans, and welcome to episode three of DBR Bites. It's Monday, January 23rd, 2023, and Duke basketball has another big game tonight on the road when they take on Virginia Tech at Castle Coliseum in Blacksburg. That game at 7 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. I'm Donald Wine. There is no Jason Evans today, but I do have Sam Klein with me. Hello, Sam. Uh, hi, Donald. And uh, I guess before we start, we don't need to do this too in depth, but uh, condolences to Daniel Jones on the end of his season, which ended in uh, stunning and terrible fashion on Saturday against the Eagles. Yeah, that was brutal. Um, tough. But, tough look. But he had a great season, so we we're happy yeah. about that. You know, people, people are talking about Daniel Jones uh, yeah. and not because they're wondering, wait a minute, why is the guy who has no useful stats from college uh, being considered a first round draft pick. They're not talking about him like that anymore. Nope. They're talking about like contract extensions and stuff like yeah. that, which, hey, good for him. The, but yeah. uh, enough about football. We are here to preview the Hokies and what we can expect from them. So, Sam, let's get right to it. Let's start with the records uh, 11 and 8 on the season, 1 and 7 in the ACC. I'll talk about how they got there in just a second. Ken Palm still ranks them as the 45th or 47th best team. So, uh, there's still a pretty good team out there. Why? They have a few pretty good wins, one against Penn State, one against UNC back when they were good, uh, Oklahoma State and Dayton. Their only bad loss is against BC. So let me tell you how they got to 11 and eight. They started out the year actually quite well. They were 11 and one. Uh, and then after they opened up, they beat UNC to open up ACC playback on December 4th. They then followed that up with wins against Dayton, Oklahoma State and Grambling. So you're thinking, yo, I, I remember us when we did our ACC preview. We're like, yo, Virginia Tech is going to be one of these teams. We said we look there's nothing it. wrong with Virginia Tech, right? We were like heading into ACC season. It was like, wow, they are one of the revelations in the ACC. Yeah. And like you said, they had good wins early in the season. It wasn't like they they played a Seth Greenberg schedule. And it was right. like, la, 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 we're 11 and one against, you know, the Ken Palm bottom 50. Right. We were, I mean, I think we even mentioned like, this is not your Seth Greenberg coach, Virginia tech team. This is the team that's ready to make some noise. And they made some noise at that point. It was just the wrong kind of noise. Um, since they fully got into ACC play, uh, back on December 21st, they have lost seven in a row. They have not won, uh, since they converted fully to ACC play. So they've, it's been over a month since we've seen a Virginia tech notch in the win column, but also, many of these games, Sam, have been close. You know, BC by five in overtime, Wake by two, Clemson by three, NC State by four, Syracuse and UVA both were 10-point losses. But even those were like, you know, free throws at the end kind of put it out of reach. And the most recent one was Saturday night at Little John. They lost to Clemson by one point. So this team is at a downward spiral, but they're not really getting blown out. They're just losing close games, which, you know, Sam... It, means to me that we're probably need to just expect a close back and forth affair. Do you agree? Definitely. And as demoralizing as I'm sure the last month has been for Virginia tech, when Duke comes to town, they will, they will snap themselves right up and get mm-hmm. fully invested in these games. Duke has had a ton of tough games in castle Coliseum since Virginia tech joined the ACC. And the other thing to note Donald here is that, as you said, 
Virginia Tech hasn't suffered terribly in the metrics because these games have been so close. Virginia Tech isn't considered that much worse than Duke when you sort of look at at overall statistical performance. And in the realm of let us remind Duke fans the you know how much worse it can feel than it does right now because I think some of the some of the teeth gnashing subsided a bit this week with with Duke winning against Miami, but. Man, if Duke fans like I, I don't want to know what would have happened if Duke had started the ACC season one and seven, even if the metrics had kept up, because there would have been a ton of oh this and that and this whatever. Um, everybody just everybody calm down. That's my that's my thing. Before <laughs> we kind of talk about what what to expect, sort of in detail against Virginia Tech. Yeah, um, and Sam, you know, usually we talk about the general metrics you you kind of breached it a little bit but before we get into those fully i want to talk about some of the players that virginia tech has that duke needs to watch out for so give us a look at who they are yeah so virginia tech has has a couple guys that i think duke fans will remain familiar with and and you know i I don't want to dwell too much on the stomping that uh, virginia tech gave to duke at the end you know in the second half uh last year in in the acc tournament but they have a few of those guys uh, back in the mix. Justin Mutz is still here. Hunter Couture is still here for Virginia Tech. Uh, Sean Padula, who played a minimal role last year as a freshman, is playing a much expanded role. And then they also have a, a, a stellar transfer in Grant Bazile. I didn't look up ahead of time if I'm pronouncing his name correctly. So. I think it's I think it's uh, Basile. I, I I honestly don't know. I so, I've heard his name, but it's one of those things where on the on the fly. I didn't remember it. I'm I'm usually good for for that sort of thing. But anyway, uh, so Virginia Tech's got those guys who are who are playing a lot of minutes. Uh, it's not clear to me that they've got a total handle on on their offensive production. Uh, the numbers are only sort of middling for all of these guys. There is, you know, there are bright spots. Basile is is hitting uh, nearly forty percent, like thirty nine percent of his three pointers which is a great sign for a Virginia Tech team that otherwise is not a great three-point shooting team. Uh, Hunter Couture is also a, a pretty decent shooter. Padula has been, I think, the 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 biggest revelation for Virginia Tech this year. As a sophomore, as I said, he didn't play much as a freshman. He's playing almost every minute of every game this year as a sophomore, and he's he's doing a good job distributing the ball along with Justin Mutz uh, on, the, on the perimeter. But both of them are also fairly turnover prone. So the number one thing I think that that you have to know about this Virginia Tech offense is that it is uh, a bit frantic. So Duke hopefully is able to is going to be able to capitalize on turnovers in this one. Uh, the other thing to note about this Virginia Tech team, they're not a fantastic rebounding team. Uh, I'm sure, Donald, you're going to talk a little bit about the hopeful rebounding advantage that Duke has in this one, because that is going to be a key here. Virginia Tech is not bringing a ton of size to overwhelm the likes of Derek Lively and Kyle Filipowski and Ryan Young in this one. So while I am always nervous when when Duke goes on the road, I think my take, at least sort of looking at the personnel, is that Duke should have some meaningful one-on-one advantages against Virginia Tech that they can hopefully exploit on Monday. So it's interesting you say that, especially that last part about the one-on-one matchups, because yes, there are. Um, quite a few that I can think of, you know, Kyle Filipowski, I think is going to be a, a decent, you know, mismatch for whoever they throw on him, because even if they throw their biggest guy on there, you're leaving Derek Lively or Ryan Young uh, wide alone with somebody who is several inches shorter than him. Um, but 
here's the thing about Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech wants you to play stagnant. Most teams, they don't want you to move the ball around. They're very, you know, successful at keeping their opponents from getting a lot of assists. They want that one-on-one uh, basketball, and that's kind of how they keep things close. And we're coming off of a game where we had 19 assists on 25 made baskets. So it's interesting because the the strategy may not change, but v- Virginia Tech is going to try and force Duke to play a lot of one-on-one ball and and, and isolate guys and try to make them beat you uh, on the dribble. Um, and I think that's the interesting thing about this offense compared to you know Duke playing against Miami on Saturdays. You know Miami offered a lot of opportunities for Duke to move the ball around and get open spaces and, and get three pointers. I think the one thing about Virginia Tech on defense, they do defend the three fairly well. Obviously, we have not been shooting the ball very well, save for you know shooting 42% against Miami on Saturday from beyond the arc. But the one thing on offense that I think you uh, did not mention that I wanted to highlight was they do not go to the free throw line often. In you know 363 teams in Division I basketball, they're 348th in their percentage of free throws attempted to field goals attempted. So these guys are... are, are really looking to take shots, but they also aren't driving the lane and get and trying to, you know, win at the free throw line. They're trying to make baskets. They are decently efficient uh, on offense, but they're the main thing is they're going to try and take shots. They're not going to really put themselves in position to go to the line and make free throws, which, you know, some of these guys are good from the, from the line, but a lot of these guys just haven't had the, uh, the reps to kind of do that. And they're spending a lot of the time noodling on the perimeter and turning the ball over because both, exactly. as I said, both Mutz and Padula are are turning the ball over a lot. And so, you know, Duke is hopefully not fouling in pursuit of that. It means that a healthy Jeremy Roach is very helpful here. It means that a helpful, a healthy Jalen Blakes, I don't know if we're getting a healthy Jalen Blakes, but a healthy Jalen Blakes would be very useful for uh, instigating the turnovers and, and sort of making... Uh, the Duke players' lives easier with more runouts and less, you know, half-court offense creation. I, I mean, on Jalen Blake's, I, I know we we talked about the mask uh, that he was wearing the other day, which made it where he didn't really feel like he was himself. Obviously, um, with it with it being oh, just over forty-eight hours since that game, I don't think he's had a chance to actually do the surgery they were talking about to fully set his nose. Um, so expect him to play and wear that mask again tonight. I, I don't get the impression that he's going to be doing that anytime soon. So mm-hmm. the, the question is less, when is he going to sit out for the surgery, I think, and more, how much more comfortable is he able to get with the potentially one extra day of practice in the mask to to make it better? And we're not going to know that until the Blue Devils take the floor on Monday night. Hopefully after that, you know, that they, they do get a few more days off after that. They, this is the Saturday to Monday quick turnaround. Maybe that, that, extra break between the game against Virginia tech. And then the following weekend will give him more time to sort of reintegrate. Yeah. Two more things about uh, Virginia tech before we get out of here. One, when, when Duke has the ball, you mentioned the fact that Virginia tech is not great at rebounding. They are decently uh, effective at, uh, at defensive rebounding, but Duke is one of the top five teams in the country in offensive rebounding percentage. So we're looking for that matchup to be, uh, well in favor of Duke, but on defense, when Duke is playing defense, they cannot give Virginia Tech any opportunities for second chance points. The, Virginia Tech is not a good offensive rebounding team. Duke is a very good defensive rebounding team, and they need to make that mismatch well-known, get balls and get out. Um, and, and really, I think the one-on-one matchups that you were talking about, I think will be neutralized in the sense that if we get balls and we're able to do uh, fast breaks, 
uh, or at least in transition, we may be able to get some shots in the corner. We may be able to get some shots in the wing or have a guy down low. If, you know, as good as like maybe a Derek Lively can run, if Jeremy Roach is able to be effective at driving the lane and then in getting the first defender towards him, he can throw lobs to, you know, whoever's down low to get layups all day long. If I zoom back out and talk about the schedule again for Virginia Tech, the other thing to mm-hmm. note here is that they are probably, we know they're feeling demoralized at the moment because of this seven game losing streak, but they had Virginia middle of last week, lost there, as you said. Clemson this weekend, another team that has been good in the ACC overall. Virginia, of course, is, you know, one of the, one of the better teams in the conference Duke this weekend, Syracuse not having as good of a year. They're playing them uh, next weekend. And then they get Miami and Virginia again uh, right after that. So it's a pretty tough stretch for the Hokies here. Not that any of them are getting distracted by anything, but the Duke game. So uh, let's, you know, let's see if we can, uh, if Duke can, can put part of the, you know, another nail in Virginia tech's coffin uh, in terms of, in terms of, postseason eligibility or at least in in postseason contention rather uh i'm sure that they're sort of on the edge now of of not making the ncaa tournament but you know hope that (laughs) hope that for duke's sake that at least that that trend continues yeah and you know we see them again on february 25th in cameron too so uh, we'll have a couple of times to exact revenge i think the one final thing i wanted to note which is kind of a quirk about castle coliseum if you've watched the game there, you've noticed that on the end lines, the uh, the the rafters, if you will, are a little bit like higher up than they normally are for most arenas. Like most arenas, you have fans going all the way down to the floor, but there's like kind of a, a little like break. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't call it a wall, but like the fans end uh, a little bit further up. And what I've learned from this is that a lot of times Duke teams don't shoot well from beyond the arc at Castle Coliseum because the sight lines are a little bit different than they've experienced in other in other arenas. Uh namely, you know, Cameron. I mean, Cameron, there's, you know, everywhere you look, there's a fan that's going to be blocking your view, but there's going to be like a nice little line of demarcation right around that box above the uh above the rim. And I think, you know, initially I hope guys are able to get shoot rounds. And again, you know, with Jalen Blakes in his mask, being able to see a little bit better uh than he did on Saturday because I think those sight lines are going to be a little tricky and they've always proven to be tricky when Duke comes to town. So that's an interesting little quirk about Castle Coliseum. I will say this. Uh, you mentioned about the little revenge factor. Revenge is a, be- a dish best served cold. So um, let's, let's, let's make sure we, we cool their jets and make it. Amen, brother. <laughs> yeah. So let's do that uh, again tonight, 7 PM ESPN Duke versus Virginia tech. Kim Palm predicts this as a one point Virginia tech win, but that's why we play the games. So uh, that will do it for this episode of DBR Bite. Sam Klein, thank you for joining me on this one. And thank you all of you out there for listening. We'll be back later on. I don't know if it'll be tonight or tomorrow, um, but it'll be very, very soon with a recap of the Virginia Tech game. So enjoy the game tonight. Go Blue Devils. And here is the Duke band to take us home. Hey there, Duke fans. You know, warmer, sunnier days are calling Fuel up for them with Factors, no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-created meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors' fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. That's right, Jason. And Jason, I can tell you, I just got some meals. They're fantastic. And the great thing is 
like you said, two minutes, mindless work, pop it in the microwave, do what you need to do, and it's ready to eat. No more cooking, no more cleaning pots and pans. And also, there's a lot of choices with 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. So you'll always have new flavors to explore. All right, so head to factormeals.com slash DukeBB50. Use that code, DukeBB50, to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code DukeBB50 at factormeals.com. Get 50% off your first box, 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Enjoy Factor Meals from the Duke Basketball Roundup. <laughs> 